<laughs> See, I haven't really put the time or the effort into it this week. Uh, I promise to do better next week. I think this is uh, I think this is a good way of us showing how lean startup works. You know, you start you go with something that is not perfect, and you see the reaction. <laughs> I, uh, I I've listened to a few beauty podcasts and uh, Emma Guns does one and there's the Outspoken Beauty podcast and they all sound so professional uh, and uh, eloquent and erudite and I'm just crashing around on a keyboard in this small little booth and you're in your I'm in my closet cupboard <laughs> in America <laughs> um, but listen it all sounds good. Um, and and we get our message across. I've had some feedback from some people saying, you know, I'm enjoying listening to your podcast. A few brands that are starting out, um, I think those brand owners are tuning in to find out what's what and 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 what you what we think about trying to start a brand and 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 those sorts of things. So you know, we're finding a a very small but elite audience. I like to think. No, you can't say small audience. Then. You have to say we have a massive, massive audience. This is where we have to learn as brand owners to market ourselves. We have a massive audience and amazing feedback. Yeah, a lesson in marketing was watching the, the Apple live event. Did you see any of that? Oh, my God. It just it, everything they said, the whole audience just clapped and whooped. They They launched a credit card, which looks like every other credit card ever. Uh, apart from it's a slightly different color and, and it doesn't have so many numbers on but they said it was the most beautifully designed credit card in the world it's like well it's it's a credit card it looks like all the other credit cards in the world but i think if i think they think that if they tell you something you 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 believe it even though it's not the case i mean really emperor's new clothes a lot of that but I'm going to link this to our discussion about marketing, since you and I must be better. We have to become better at marketing in general, both of us. But the, this is what they're doing. They're creating this ultimate um, community, right? This is what all their marketing is for. You're an, you're an Apple person and you hang out and then you want all the Apple products. So you want like your life to be... That's why you want the credit card and you want the watch or whatever other products they have we're not sponsored by apple by the way i just want to add to this um so but but that's what they're doing right they're, they're, and and that is a really good marketing strategy to create a community an engaged community um and and then then sell to them that's kind of uh in a nutshell what you need to do i think but the trouble is i think i'm I must be too cynical because I, I hear phrases like when somebody says, oh, I'm reaching out or, you know, all these phrases, all this terminology. I just it, it sort of it jars with me. Where's the honesty? Where's the where's the normal conversation that that one people have? And I think America especially is like that. Um, you know, they use these phrases and it doesn't mean anything. And I, and I, yeah. I, I watch a few p people on YouTube and things, really successful American sort of social media people and, and things yeah. like that. And they can talk for 20 minutes. And at the end of that 20 minutes, they've said nothing. They've just yeah. used a thousand words when they could have summed it up in three. I think actually that's, I, I think I'm learning that as, as you know, the more I, the longer I stay here. Um, 
on both sides. I think, first of all, I'm, you know, in Europe, if you hear that, if someone tells you this is the best plumber in town, for example, you, you kind of, you, you believe it and you take, and it could be your friend telling you this, this is the best plumber in town. You believe your friend and probably that plumber is going to be really good. Because if you give a recommendation in Europe and you say this, it, it's, you know, you, you vouch for it. But I think here in, in the States, um, this term, I mean, they're so used to selling everything. So everything is the best, the greatest, the, you know, they boost everything so much that um, as a consumer, you have to, from a c- consumer from Europe, I think you have to just get used to the fact that you have to, what anyone tells you, you have to like, take off 90% of that um but on the other hand you also have to boost yourself right because uh whatever you do you really have to push it and say how amazing it is because that's what everyone does here and you know that goes to marketing as well of course yeah that you have to be prepared to say oh my products are the best on the market kind of thing um I struggle with that I I really struggle with that and I I assume that's why people uh, employ PR and advertising agencies um, yeah. because I, you know, I really, really struggle with it. Um, there was something that that annoyed me the other day on LinkedIn. Uh, there was a, a post from a sort of respected cosmetic group. You know, they've got over 11,000 followers. They're one of the biggest groups in the UK. Yeah. And they're talking about the success of an American brand. And it says, you know, th- this overwhelming success that they've experienced from their non-toxic, mm. clean skincare line has been amazing. Almost immediately, mm. um, they have become the gold standard of what is safe, ethical, and effective. And it's like, well, ho- whoa, mm. whoa, 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 hold on a minute, what? Well, firstly, non-toxic. Every product in the EU is non-toxic. That that every mm. single cosmetic product is non-toxic. Um, clean well we've discussed a million times that doesn't mean anything um and then they've become the gold standard of what is safe ethical and effective well i mean that's unbelievably arrogant to say that and completely untrue of course um but but that's just anyway i don't really know where i'm going other than it really irritates me (laughs) Yeah, but I think, I mean... Because it's just spreading. I agree with you. Spreading spreading nonsense. Yeah, but I have to... I'm trying to, you know, bring this back to um, to our our, <laughs> our other... Our, our listeners who might be brand starting out. I think, I mean, even if you're uncomfortable, especially I'm thinking European brands, because there is a cultural difference. Absolutely. Um, in yeah. terms of how you sell yourself. And I just think you really have to, I, I mean, just watch, maybe do like Sam, like watch a lot of American um, social media plays, whoever, and just listen to what they're saying and how they're saying it. And then if you only do half of that and you feel super uncomfortable and you feel like, oh my God, I'm so boasting right now. Well, you're probably doing the right thing because people, I mean, since the since there are so many people doing it then then you know you will you will disappear in the noise if you don't really push yourself i think at least here in the states i mean you it's really i'm learning this mm. day by day that you and people don't 
see because in in Europe it's you, you know there's um there's kind of a prejudice towards sale selling right like we're a bit more cynical in Europe exactly like you know if you if you go to a store and someone pops in your face and says hi how can I help you it's very intrusive and you feel like you know don't bother me like it unpolite to do that as a salesperson at least in Sweden yeah. like in Sweden they don't talk to you unless no absolutely um, I hate it right but here in the states they do it and if they don't do it that's considered rude then you're not doing your job you're not showing the customer that you're there to help them um so it's like totally complete opposite and I think um since the U.S. is so is dominating so much in, in this industry I think maybe you know look at what the Americans are doing. And, and if you do half of that and feel really bad, don't worry because pe- most people won't judge you, I think. Yes. Yeah. The only, the only warning there is that what they do in America is illegal here. In oh, terms yeah. of some of their claims. Obviously don't um, there's, break the laws. There's this new brand out here. There's a new brand that I'm seeing a lot of on social media claiming to be acne, curing acne. Mm. Um, and I believe they're a cosmetic brand and I've looked at the ingredients and it's only salicylic acid they've got in it mm. really. Yeah. Um, that's their active. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's all about curing acne. Now yeah. you, you, that's elite. You can't do that here. You have yeah, be no, up in front of the ASA. Um, it, it seems like in America, it's just, uh, which I understand it's a, it's the capitalistic society. Yeah. You can say and do whatever you have to 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 sell your product yeah and then if there's a problem then you get taken to court yeah exactly Um, exactly whereas here you can't say or do what you want there are there are strict guidelines and uh the product is safe before it reaches the market Uh, which which i'm sure it is in america as well so i don't know how we ended up here sam but i think bottom line is you and i need to be better at marketing and for all the european brands out there don't be afraid to sell like really push yourself because I think that's um, there's a resistance, but you just got to push through that. Uh, that's what I'm learning, at least being here. Yeah, and have something to sell. Have a message. Yeah. What what is what what is different about your brand? Whether that's you as an individual or you, your message or what your product's got in it, and that's that's what you're pushing. Yeah, right. Um, um, that's true. So, uh, but Sam, should we go to the topic we actually were going to discuss today? Yes, you mentioned something uh, for the topic of this podcast, which uh, which I've been thinking about and is really interesting, and I think is the future yes. of where we're going to go as an industry, however many years away it is. But it is something that's very, very important. Uh, waterless beauty products, as you know, uh, a moisturizer is probably at least seventy percent water. Um. And uh, all the shampoos, conditioners, I mean, body wash, all of that is predominantly water. Uh, and then you add some some things in there. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, the, I mean, there already is, but there's still going to be even more shortage, shortage, shortage of water in the future. Uh, but also, we're shipping around water all across the globe <laughs> um, as an industry now, I mean, uh, which is, of course, leads to a lot of emissions. And, and we just have to be smarter in the way we formulate the products to make them more 
sustainable. So it's not only the packaging, it's not only um, branding, etc. It's actually the actual formulations as well that we have to rethink uh, to some extent. Yeah, and you know we use we use water because without water in some products uh, like body washes and and shampoos without water they're very greasy and very heavy and um unpleasant to use actually but it's incredibly complicated and and it you, you know we could start with manufacturers using um you know looking at the water that they use you know i think water use in production is is an interesting way to start i think waterless products mass market is quite a way off i think more and more people are getting used to the idea of putting oil on their faces instead of a cream uh and oils i like because the fact that you don't use as much as well so um a small bottle goes a long way so not only are you not using water uh but also you are then uh using less product as well so you're not consuming as much but saying but then on the on the flip side of that and again this is why it's so complicated when it comes to the sustainability and because obviously then the question is right what oil are you using because if you're using raspberry seed oil that's probably not so sustainable compared to sustainable grown palm oil for example so um, then you have to look at that aspect as well. So, so not everyone is, it's, you know, we don't have half of the world wanting cucumber seed oil, for example. You're right. You know, you have to think of the, the price. Uh, it's more expensive and uh, generally, and also uh, the sustainability angle. You know, what, what, mm. what is the oil that you're using? Because to harvest yeah. seed, nut, nut oil, or, or plant oil, you know that it's vast. Um, there's a vast difference yeah. in the costs of um, harvesting different types of oils. Um, you can have, you know, but with shampoos, okay, there's dry shampoos, but then you're using generally with dry shampoos, they're generally aerosols, so you're using isobutane and propyl butane as propellants. Um, is that a great option? Also, it's got to be in a can. Yeah. And then you'll need to wash your hair anyway at some point because you can't just keep using dry shampoo. Um, there comes a point where you have to wash it out. So, yeah. No, but speaking of dry shampoos, I've seen some brands who do um, dry shampoos now, which are in a jar. So it's almost like um, the... Um, uh, oh, what's the brand name? The makeup brand, the mineral brand. So it's a powder, and you kind of apply it with a with um with a brush, really, like a makeup brush, and you apply it on the hair. I haven't tried it. I think it's a cool idea in terms of minimizing, getting rid of the of the the packaging for for dry shampoos, um, and all the problems with that. But as you say, even though you have a really great dry shampoo and that maybe reduces the times you wash your hair uh, you will still at some point want to wash your hair properly um, and then right what are the alternatives and then you've got you've got brands like lush that do bath bombs and i mean they're generally um a lot of their products are very minimal water content in in their products but you need a 
you need a tub of water to get into to put the bath bomb in if you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. you need to run you need to have a bath instead of a shower to have their products yeah um whereas you can use uh, a shower gel quickly in the shower mm. you know what uses less water mm. is it the product or is it the end user i mean you've got that complication as well yeah i've just done a recent I've just done another production run of uh, my shampoo and I've tweaked the formulation slightly to make it m quite a bit thicker. Yeah. Uh, and so you use less of it, um, yeah. less of it sort of leaks through your fingers. Um, yeah. You know, so so hopefully that'll save a bit of water, but, but it's an endless, complicated issue. And I think as a brand, you just have to um, do, do the best you can. Exactly. With, with what you're making. And with shampoos, I mean, they, which do exist already, and I've tried them, there are these shampoo bars. So obviously for body wash, alternative is soap. And I think soap, it works perfectly fine. I, I have no nothing against soap. Um, but I, I tried the bar shampoos. And the ones I've tried, unfortunately, at least now, they don't really work, I think. They are very similar to washing your hair with a bar of soap. Right. Um, and it doesn't give you the obviously if you if you wash your hair with a shampoo and a conditioner it's clean but it's also very soft your hair and it I mean it looks my hair looked way better when I, I washed with any con conventional shampoo and conditioner compared to a bar the the soap the shampoo bar because I tried the shampoo bar for several weeks and it yeah it it didn't look good, my hair, let's put it that way, compared to how it looked when I used ordinary shampoo and conditioner. So quite good for a weekend away or a holiday, but not good for long term. No, exactly. Not for a photo shoot, <laughs> maybe. Um, but also, I'm thinking also, like, then, right, so if you want a bar of shampoo, and then would you then have a bar of conditioner? And how would that then be... Because that probably would would be very greasy in its um, in its texture. I'm thinking that probably would be a lot based on a lot of fats and oils. And I, I'm not saying this will not work. Because again, I, I'm I'm sure that there are, and I've seen some. I think I think it was L'Oreal who had some patents now, some ideas on how to m make uh, waterless waterless shampoos. Uh, in a better way. So I'm sure there are research going on and I'm sure that we will see those types of products, better products on the market. Uh, but right now, I don't think there's any really good replacements to, or, to shampoo conditioner. No, I think the biggest difference we can make as an industry now is uh, water usage in production, where it's from, how it's dealt with exactly. and how it's, yeah. um, how it's got rid of. And also uh, the end user I think if we, mm. you know, if people are having showers instead of baths and they're, they're having quick showers instead of long showers, um, mm. using slightly less product, um, mm. you know, and turning the tap off when you brush your teeth, just on and off to, to the yeah. beginning and at the end, I think the water saving from that aspect would be, mm. would be massive. Um, mm. And, and that's a good place to start. And I think as an industry, we could advertise that or promote that as a way of of saving water. I think so, too. And I think another aspect and again, going back to uh, 
touching upon the pink tax, um, as we talked about last time, uh, and the fact that, especially for women, we are bombarded with products we need. So we need all kinds of different products for our face, for our hands, for our feet, whatever. And I think that that's a place to start too and start talking about, no, actually, you don't need a shampoo and conditioner and then a deep conditioner on top of that and then something else, you know? You, it's enough with a shampoo, maybe a conditioner, if you have really tangly hair or, you know, if you have a good moisturizer, that's probably enough or you don't need to triple cleanse your face at night. I think there are a lot of things there which we can talk about. Um, and of course, it's a downside for the industry because we won't sell as many products. But on the other hand, I prefer to have the ice caps left still here in 10 years. That's kind of, <laughs> that, that, I prefer that rather than the industry making millions and millions. Well, exactly. And, and, and no pun intended, but the, the market is so saturated uh, mm. that, you know, how many more brands, how many more products can people launch um uh, sustainably launch uh to operate a brand that has some longevity um yeah you know it, it, it's just it's a minefield uh with the amount of products it, that are being launched all the time yeah it is and i actually had a conversation today with a fellow formulator here in, in chicago about that but and i keep coming back to this but we have to the beauty industry, and so this is slightly off topic, but it's, I still think more and more we have to look at ourselves more as the fashion industry sees has the designers. Like you have a brand, you create that brand. That's in somewhat a creative process. It's it's, um, and then you can create a brand like you, where you have a clear message and you have a, a clear mission statement, or you can create brands what I'm trying to do with the micro brands where you, you do, you know, you have all these ideas and you, you kind of see it as, as a creative force, I guess, and slightly, yes. sounding slightly pretentious, but no, and, not and then at all. I find that really interesting. Say, right. This is a product for you. You know, we were talking about a soap that smelled like whiskey and there was some soap brand who had like a soap that smelled like bacon. That's not my thing, but I'm sure there are people out there who would love that. So that's their thing. And I think that's where you have to ma do the matchmaking, not forcing people to buy and buy more products, you know? Yeah. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah, Linking that... it back to But But, but uh, I think the smaller brands definitely like that. Uh, and there are some smaller brands that are making it big, but mm. they are still being purchased by the global monopolies. Mm the Unilevers, the Procter and Gamble's, Beersdorf's, you know, we are L'Oreal, you know, we're dominated by sort of five or six giants. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's going to be down to them to dictate where That's true. the industry goes, because That's true. even though Kyle uh, Jenner, whatever, whoever uh, has got a billion dollar cosmetic line, just, that's just one brand unilever and, and these guys have yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens of brands that are all a billion yeah. dollar brands yeah. um and, and th you know they they yeah. will determine um uh, our industry on a global scale yeah 
No, you're right. And they are the brands who really have the research power as well to do it and to develop the the, the ingredients and the the technology that's required. Unless it's a ingredient manufacturer who do, does it, but one of the big players there. But but you're right. I mean, the real difference will come from them for sure. But I've seen some of them. They I can't remember. I think it was L'Oreal who I should know this, but I think it was L'Oreal who who uh, said that they were going to do plastic free packaging as of 2030 i need maybe to check this one uh at least they are doing things i mean i'm not they're not all bad uh uh but but for sure the big change will come from them absolutely um and they are due due to their very nature they are like massive oil tankers you know they take a very long time to stop doing something change direction and then and then go off on a new path but as you say, they have the laboratories, they have the finance, they have the um, resources to to make a big change. Mm. Um, but it is a very interesting topic, and I think it is the future of of our industry uh, as we move into the next 30, 40 years. It's going to be um, it's going to be the use of water within the products. It's going to be the packaging that we put it in, um, and at the moment we don't really have an alternative we don't really have um we can't we don't have the technology for a, a comparable um efficacious waterless product i would say and we certainly don't have plastic free packaging for our um liquid products that can last long yeah. enough uh, without degradation to the packaging or to the product inside it but it'll come i think it will uh, but I think the low-hanging fruit right now is is just to educate consumers and make them more aware, as you said, of various things they can do with the water. But I, I exactly that's just to summarize the importance of the production of the products, and that not only water but the energy that it's required to heat up these enormous batches. Um, that's where the big savings will be, without a doubt. So, yeah. Yeah, and 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 as you as you said about shipping water around the world, if you make your product in in the country where you sell it, then you're you're already doing well. Exactly, and and that's exactly that's actually so you you look at the whole chain because and and that's something the big players definitely can do, uh, which without a doubt will benefit them financially as well, and just make make sure that they have the most efficient supply chain possible. Um, and not, you know, ship products across the world several times before it hits the consumer, which I know some some companies do. So that's all well and good, Katarina. What um, have you? You've got your little um, micro brand up and running. What what's it called, and where can we find it? Yes, my I'm super proud. Bynini.com. So b y n i n n i dot com. That's my new website. I'm super happy with it. And what's your new product? So the new product, it's it's on there. It's not. I haven't really launched it yet because I'm I'm waiting for the box supplier. They're still disappointing me. But there are pictures up on there. Yeah, there are pictures of them. So they're called rainbow serums. So I put them. I at least put pictures. So it's it's uh, they're face oils. Speaking of oils, um, in different colors, and the the colors are natural. So they're based. So that I've I've blended oils and essential oils in certain ways so you get the colors of the rainbow they look so beautiful 
It, they look they so know, nice. Right? Yeah, really, really lovely. I'm really happy how they turned out, actually. Really happy. So so um, I'm just, I'm going to, after this call, I'm going to call the box supplier and see what's going on. So go and check them out, everybody. It's buyninny.com. And uh, you can follow us on social media. Um, I, I, my Twitter handle is at samfarmer underscore co. Or uh, and Instagram's the same. And mine, mine is Nini CBY. So N I N N I C B Y, and that's the same on all channels. So come and say hello. Let us know what you think about our ranting and raving and and what we're talking about. And if you've got any suggestions and what you would like us to talk about, let us know, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>